It's good to be here, and I want to greet you in Jesus' name, and extend greetings from Shalom Congregation. They're um, outside of Milton. Um, there's a few of you that I would know, and uh, little Jason back there, for one. But uh, it's good to get to know children of God wherever they are. And so it's good to be with you, and I have uh, appreciated your Sunday school time and your devotional time and uh, worshiping together with you this morning. For a message, I would like to consider the, um, some words that we, we do find in, in, um, in Romans chapter 12, uh, just a phrase there, verse 2. And it talks about the mind. Uh, some time ago, I went through this chapter at home. And it um, talks about, in, in chapter 12, verse 2, he says, and, and Be not conformed to this world. And we talk about nonconformity and, and what's involved there. But then the second part of that verse is, and Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I want to consider this morning a bit what the Bible has to say about our minds and, and uh, about our minds being transformed. That is an ongoing work. It's uh, a work that, that um, God is working in our hearts and lives on a continuing basis. It's not something that happens and then it's completed for all of life. But uh, the work of transforming our minds, interesting, um, as I looked up a few of these words, the word uh, transform um, carries the idea of a change, uh, even, even a, maybe a metamorphosis. But the thing that stood out to me in that is it talked about an inward and an outward change. So there's changes go on inside. and. Um, Maybe when a butterfly comes out, I think it's more than just an outward change. There might be some changes inside. It, it's, it's a different creature. And when God works on us and he works on our minds, he's working on the inside. And that's where a lot of our battles of life, of course, take place in the mind. And it also then becomes obvious on the outside. And so as we consider this idea of our mind or the, the working of God in our minds, um, I would just like to look at just a few verses to get us started here. Um, as we think about the mind and, uh, and the important part it plays, the uh, Matthew 22, verse 37 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. He's involving our total being in our love and worship of God. And uh, he mentions heart, soul, and mind. We might think about mind. Well, what, what are we talking about? What, what is the mind and the importance of it? We would consider the mind to be kind of the seat of our understanding. Um, and the, the word that 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 uh, if you look that up in the, in, the, uh, in the Greek, it talks about the seat of the reflection or of our consciousness. It's the faculties of perception and understanding. It's where our thinking 
and our feeling and our judging and our determination takes place where we, we sift things through and we think about them and we talk about meditation. Meditation is something that involves the mind when we sit and meditate on God and on God's Word. Second um, Thessalonians 2.2 um, uses the mind in, and it says something else about the mind. It, it's talking about our minds that ye be not soon shaken in mind or to be troubled. And people as they were considering the end times and the Lord's return, Second Thessalonians, they were unsettled. They were shaken. They were scared and um, troubled in their minds. And um, that, is, that is one thing that can happen in our minds. It, it, um, we, can, we can have that, uh, life can have that effect on us. Um, and um, he's telling us that God does not want us to be in that place. And uh, he's going to tell us some ways to, uh, to consider things to not be there. So I was thinking about minds and thoughts and actions and so on. As we think about our minds, that's where our thoughts take place. And we think thoughts. Thoughts go through our mind. And thoughts can be um, individual thoughts. Something pops into your mind. Thoughts can be connected in a string of thoughts. And these connections of strings of thoughts, we can think of them as patterns. Our mind, uh, we do sometimes think in patterns when we're... we're um, you know, when we're sitting, ladies say their minds are always going, and, and uh, sometimes a man say, well, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm just sitting. <laughs> it can be empty. And we'll, we'll look, there's a verse talks about that, too, but that's a little later. But um, also, there's patterns of thoughts, and then there's also habits and ruts. Your mind can get into a rut, and if you've if you uh, spend too much time thinking or following the news, your mind can get into a rut that can be pretty negative. And um, there's where we have some responsibility. Also, some things that happen in our minds, we form opinions and views. And, um, you know, those opinions may vary in strength. But those opinions often are the basis for the actions that we take. Things that we believe and the views that we have, we act upon. If uh, we believe our vehicle is on fire, we try to get out of it as quickly as we can. We act upon that belief. And um, desires come out of the mind. There's um, inclinations you want to do or to have or to experience a thing. Advertisement today is based on our minds and the desires. Trying to get us to desire things, we have to have certain things. And um, that that is all part of a workings of the mind. Um, and then there's also actions of the will. We, we make a decision, a choice to do something that, that happens in the mind. And that's, that's a product of our thinking. Uh, somebody has made a little circle and they've, they've, uh, they've had progression that goes this way. There's thoughts that go in our minds, and then the thoughts produce attitudes. Um, it's a way of thinking. The thought produces an attitude. The attitudes I have are then expressed in actions, and I'll have an action, and then the actions that I take um, kind of reveal 
my character and uh, who I am and what I do. Thoughts, attitudes, actions, character. I'd like to look at Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, he speaks in here about the mind and about the actions. And um, talks about what God is wanting to do in our minds and to uh, cause us to be godly people. People who are strong, not driven about by all kinds of winds. I'm going to start reading at uh, chapter 4, verse 17. Um, and previous to this in the chapter, he's talking about the uh, things God has given to us to bring unity and to bring maturity to us and the gifts in the body of Christ that work together to strengthen us that we uh, verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they deceive um, God has put things in place the stability of a believers setting like this to help grow us up and make us strong. And then in verse 17 he says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. All right, he's talking in verse 17. He begins to talk about the difference now in our lives since we are Christ's. And since Christ has provided the uh, necessary things for us to grow in him. And I might just mention this, that um, this whole thing of a renewed mind is part of the process we would call sanctification. First of all, we come to Christ as his children and we renew, we have our sins forgiven and we, uh, we recognize that Jesus Christ is the one uh, and the only one who can take care of sins that are past. You know, they've been dealt with in Christ. That's called justification. He's the one who paid the price for our sins that are past. Talks about that in the early chapter of Romans. Romans uh, um, four and, and five and then six begins with sanctification but um, and so we can't earn forgiveness for sins that are past that's something Christ does but then when he comes to living life in the present where we can be freed from the power of sin in the present um, then there, there we do have a responsibility. Now that power comes from Christ, but there are some things he calls us to in our lives that uh, are uh, our responsibility in, in how we walk today. 
He's changed our hearts. He's given us new hearts and new desires. We're no longer uh, walking as other Gentiles walk. We're not walking like we used to in the vanity of our mind. And that word vanity just simply means emptiness with an empty mind. Uh, and, and things that don't matter and don't mean a lot, I shouldn't say don't matter, things that are um, worthless and uh, even evil. And then he talks about some things that go on um, in the old life before you come to Christ, having the understanding darkened. Your thinking process has not been enlightened. It's dark. You're being alienated from the life of God through ignorance. You're not in contact with God before you came to Christ. Um, you're separated. You're an alien, like one who has no relationship with God. Um, and then it talks about blindness of heart. And then it talks about uh, the evils that go along with that, being past feeling, giving themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Those are parts of the old life, the old mind, and what it was given to before you've come to Christ. Um, but then he brings the change. But ye, but now ye, there is a difference in our lives now. Um, if ye have heard by him and been taught by him that the truth is in Jesus. And um, we're very much interested in truth and knowing what is right and what is real. And um, he tells us these are certain things that are put off, which uh, was part of the former life. Um, the conversation just means your lifestyle. The old man, or the old nature, we know that we all have a sin nature that we've inherited and that we have to deal with. And um, it's corrupt according to deceitful lusts. But rather now we're going to be renewed. Here he has this word again in, in verse 23. You're going to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It doesn't mean that your mind is going to have new powers to think or to remember and to function. But it means that you're going to have a new spirit, a new set of desires in your mind. That's going to come from God. You're going to be interested in what God is interested in. You're going to be interested in what God values and um, there's going to be a re renewal, and that word renewed carries the idea it's going to be different. Your mind is going to be different than it used to be. The desires of your mind are going to be different. You're going to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness. And again, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart all thy soul with all thy mind and so our inner being is going to be given to God and to Christ and it's going to have new interests um, and here's some uh, just some some things are just interesting some things that the Bible says before we get into some practical ways in which our minds are renewed Here's some statements that are made about our minds in the Bible. Um, it talks about a readiness of mind. It talks about the humility of our mind or the lowliness. The Bible also talks about a reprobate mind or a mind that's been, um, uh, been given to that much evil. That's, in, I think, in uh, 
Romans chapter 1, that God turned them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which were not convenient. To ones who have rejected God. When they knew him, they did not uh, honor him as God, did not praise him. Talks about a carnal mind, one that is, um, is worldly, a little bit like... Uh, Probably like the man in a the devotional there, he was, he was wrapped up in his things and uh, couldn't let go of it, that that's enmity with God. Talks about being fully persuaded in our own mind. Talks about a willing mind. Talks about being of one mind. Um, and it also mentions that we are to gird up the loins of our mind. I'd just like to look at that verse just a little bit. First uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 13 as we think about the renewed mind uh, he gives a little bit of a word picture here about a renewed mind and um, and what what we are to do to help our minds function and and um, do what God intends for them to do <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. Uh, I think it's 2 Peter, I'm sorry. I'm not directing this strictly to the wives. The second epistle, beloved, now I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you be mindful. Uh, okay, so I got that. 1 Peter 1.13. I still had it my uh, verses mixed up here 113 wherefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ tells us to gird up the loins of our mind interestingly remember um, when uh, I'm sure it was Peter or one of the disciples they gird up their when they wanted to work they used their belt and they pulled up their robe and tied it into their belt and they fastened it so that it would not um, be loose and um, be getting in the way and be, be able to be tangled or to trip them up. They girded it up and they fastened it and tightened it around them, um, bringing it under control. And um, he's admonishing us here that we need to do this to our minds we need to pull in and I'm gonna have a little bit more on that later pull in the thoughts of our minds and, and gird them up so that um, that they aren't free and flapping loosely and just doing their own thing in their own time um, going where they want to go you know there there is certainly we know that the um, culture which we live in is trying to take charge of our minds and would like to um, control how we think, what we think, and what we do in all kinds of ways. Um, just want to look at a few things more that the Bible says about our minds. In Proverbs 23 verse 7 it says this in just paraphrasing it a little bit but it says as how we think is really how we are it says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and um, <clears throat> I think it goes on there and talks about a man who invites you to dinner and tells you to eat up 
but his heart isn't with you. Um, and indeed, our thinking process is very important, and it is important that we think about things that are true and right and not let imagination run away with us. In most cases, when the word imagination is used in the Bible, um, it's used in a negative sense. Um, we could look at that in, uh, I think it's in, in Genesis chapter 6. It talks about humanity and some things that they had been involved in. And finally, God had to uh, destroy them. Verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Um, so part of our mind, girding up the loins of our mind, it is important that we are careful about imaginations and what thinking process. Our minds can be occupied with all kinds of things, and they can be occupied with things that are supposed rather than things that are true and right, that are truth. Um, we need to be careful about patterns that are based on imagined things. Um, you think about it a little bit. If you have a little problem trusting someone and, and, uh, and maybe your relationship isn't where it ought to be and you see two people talking together and they glance your direction as you walk by, if you let your imagination run, you might assume or surmise or guess that they're talking something about you. And I've met people that were that way, very suspicious all the time. That's not a healthy, true way to think. We need to, we need to gird up the loins of our mind in those situations and say, hey, look, that's imagination. That is likely not true. Uh, that's going to lead to bondage. Um, don't let it happen. Worry and anxiety. Uh, the Bible talks about worry and, and trust. And um, we are not to be, we're to be able to lay our head down and sleep at night. He wants us to do that and not let anxiety come across us. But, you know, if someone suddenly comes into your mind, well, that's a good opportunity to pray for them. Or maybe if you're older, your grandchildren suddenly come into your mind, whatever. You can start worrying. Why did this happen? What's going on? Is there a problem? Well, now with cell phones, you have instant communication. It isn't quite like it used to be. But um, we can get ourselves all in a frenzy over worry and things that might be. What's going to happen with a war situation? Um, COVID had many people scared and still scared and worried. Um, the whole anxiety thing. What's going to happen to my children down the road as the world continues to get worse and worse? As we go into end times events, what's going to happen? Well, God does not want us to have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we know that God is still in control. We know that the Bible tells us that there's going to be end time events. We don't know where we're at exactly on that calendar. But we do know that God knows and God's in charge and things are going to happen. Nation will rise against nation, the Bible tells us. Um, and um, evil men will wax worse and worse. Those types of things. But is God's power diminished? 
or limited? No. God is still God. God still wins in the end. Our calling is to be faithful and endure to the end and uh, not be overcome by worry or fear. Fear is another big one that can grip our, our minds and, our, and we can begin to imagine things. I know there was a young fellow that uh, was a friend of mine in school days and, and he, he would have grown up with some television and one night I remember I was at his place and every noise he heard and he said, what's that? His parents weren't home and we were like, what's that? Oh, I don't know, I didn't hear anything. But it can be that way. And we can imagine things and our minds are at work. We were uh, out in Montana in a tent one night and um, we were in the wilderness, Bob Marshall Wilderness, and there were grizzly bears. We had seen one on the way in. We were back in a ways, about 13 miles. And we had seen one another day, but in the evenings, we would get in the tent and go to bed. And then we had a book along about grizzly attack stories, and we would read a grizzly attack story <laughs> as a bedtime story before we turned in. <laughs> What's that? This was all men. Well, this was all men. That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, and it was starting to affect some of them. One of them said he had... He had shot an elk, and it was in dark timber, and, and anyway, and and he had to gut it and, and all that right there, and he was a little worried. He said, tonight, let's not read a bear story. Let's read about lions or something else. But um, there was one fellow it had absolutely no effect on, and that was that was Glenn Weaver, the older man, the bishop there, and uh, he was asleep before we ever um, got to the story part, the first couple sentences, and he was asleep. and so. That didn't go in his mind. It had no effect on him at all. And uh, I had to think about that. You know, uh, what we let in our mind will affect us. And so we need to, we need to deal with things like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to flip on back to the last page. I want to just look at some things that we need to do, practical things, as we think about our minds and... Um, um, renewed mind and how God wants to work in our minds uh, and to have us have truth in our minds and not to allow it to be overrun by whatever comes our way. And number one, uh, Philippians 4, 8, and that's a very familiar verse, but it's one that we ought to have before us and ought to be considering what it says and actually implementing it. We are to think and meditate on things that are true and are right. So many times if we consider our meditation, it might not be on things that are true and right. Maybe someone get that before I do. Philippians 4.8. You may read it if you have it. Um, go ahead. You've got it? No? My pages stick together a little bit. I think we should read that. <clears throat> yeah, I had it. I lost it again. Philippians 4 8. Does someone have that? Go ahead and read it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, we need to, to 
make a conscious effort to control what we are thinking about and to think on those things. That's very important. And um, to meditate, to think like a cow or a sheep chewing their cud, what things are going through our mind. Sometimes I need to turn off news and turn on good, solid gospel song and, um, and uh, fill my mind with what is good and right. And number two, and I already mentioned this, um, is girding up the loins of our mind in 1 Peter uh, 1.13 to uh, pull the loose guns together, tie it up, um, make a conscious effort to regulate our thoughts. You know, water flows downstream, and um, our thinking process will as well if we do not um, regulate it, gird it up. Second um, Corinthians 10.5 um, to 10 there talks about bringing into captivity or arresting every thought. We, we need to bring it into captivity. And there's something that ought to be said here about that I think is important. As we think about our minds, you know, there are things that are injected into our minds, thoughts that pop in that we hate, that are horrible, that we don't even want to think about. And there is a big difference between thoughts that are injected and thoughts that are accepted. Um, you know, I don't know what access Satan might have to our minds or not have, but I do know we all have an old nature, the academic nature. And so things will hop, pop into our mind that we don't want. And, and I think Satan is out there to discourage, to destroy, and to beat us down. And I do think sometimes when thoughts like that will come into our minds, Satan will come back and accuse us and say, look, you know, you're just a scum because that thought came into your mind. And um, try to beat us down. When we, we reject those injected thoughts, that is not us, that's not who we are. We are a new creature in Christ. We, uh, we reject those kind of thinking thoughts and um, consider who we are in Christ and what Christ wants to do in our mind. Uh, I think it makes a big difference that we, we don't, um, you know, thoughts that are accepted and allowed to remain and uh, to, to uh, spend time in our minds. Now that becomes a different, a different category altogether. Um, sometimes if thoughts like that come that you don't want, they, they may be, um, you know, immoral, lustful, whatever, and, and you wonder how to get rid of them. One of the things I like to do is use target prayer, and I'll pick out somebody who, who needs prayer, and uh, maybe it's a salvation or it's some other need that you know of. Every time that will come into mind, I'll just breathe a prayer for that person as I'm working, doing whatever, say, Lord, here's a need. And, and, and uh, the way I heard it explained, one fellow mentioned, he said, when, when Satan realizes that this is not producing what he thought, but it's actually producing prayer for someone else, he may uh, lessen the attacks and, 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 and not pursue that route of attack as much. But use it for the kingdom of God and... Um, Pray for someone else. Have a target prayer. Somebody you pray for when those things come to your mind that you don't want. Uh, number three, voice our cares to God in prayer. Uh, and do that um, regularly. God calls us to that. And he wants us to do that. And that helps our minds 
<clears throat> Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Take it to God. Let him carry that burden. And um, he'll, he'll carry it with you and not leave you sticking with it. Voice it to God in prayer. You know, there is something about voicing. Maybe you need to do that audibly. Uh, sometimes there are thoughts that come into your mind that may not even be true or accurate. And it is something about voicing it. When you hear yourself voice it, you can, oh, yeah, that isn't. That really isn't of God. Um, that, or that isn't true. The, the uh, untruthfulness of it may come to mind. Philippians 2.5 also says this about God's people. And uh, I think it should be a source of comfort to us. We have the mind of Christ in us. To let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, or this, this way of thinking or this attitude, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made his mind was one of humility there. And um, <clears throat> that's the mind that we want to have in us, the mind that Christ had. 1 Peter 4.1 um, also speaks about our minds, and um, he says, okay, maybe I, I wrote something wrong there. I'm going to look at Second Peter. Okay, that isn't, but anyway, I we need to remember that we do have the mind. Here's, here's another in 1 John 5.20 says, The Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him, in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. But God has given us, he has come, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, he's given us an understanding. He's at work in our minds and uh, wants us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, like it talks about there in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 23, and also in Romans 12, verse 2, that um, we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and when we live that way, then we can have the peace of God, which passes all understanding, that will keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, we don't know what all we'll face in this life, but we do know that Christ walks with us, that Christ wants us not to have a tormented, worried um, mind that is thinking about or imagining things that aren't true, that is thinking about truth and um, godliness, has a renewed mind, and that we can, we can live just with, a, with an utter sense of peace and trust in God and a sense of righteousness that is not possible outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer?